You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And I am back in the podcast studio with Doctors David oh, Robinson, <laughs> Byron Burton. How are you guys doing? We're gonna Yeah, the closest I get to a doctor is my initials. Well, then it's it, oh, it's fitting. Dr. And then what's what's the middle name? Yeah, <coughs> my middle name starts with an N, so <laughs> do not resuscitate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, I was loved. As a child. <laughs> Those are some strong names. Strong that's names. That's very interesting. Hidden language, then. I mean, you know. Oh, I know. It's a hidden message. Message to the doctor, DNR. <laughs> well, no. speaking of unity, yeah, that's a good <laughs> brawl. That was smooth, very smooth. Uh, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. Um, we're actually we're going to talk about unity today, mm-hmm. and we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And this past week, David, you preached. Um, you preached on yeah verses nineteen verses through twenty two nineteen through twenty two. Yeah understanding that you know 11 was it was 11 yeah through 11 through 22 so was the original plan but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do ephesians 3 this sunday so <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that goes hey that's okay that's all right um because I, I i i just think that that just worked out so well yeah. though um yeah. the the way that it did so why don't you set the stage a little bit for our discussion today. Yeah, Paul is just absolutely rejoicing mm-hmm. in unity. Uh, we, he's been talking about our union in Christ, and now he's talking about our union uh, with one another, Jew and Gentile. And as we begin the topic of unity, it, it is striking, and, and we'll, we'll keep on doing this in the book of Ephesians because it's just, you know, God's word is brilliant mm-hmm. in um, setting the stage as the various topics of a book are tackled. Mm. And in Ephesians 1, we have, you know, just the glorious riches that are found in Christ um, by God, sealed by the Holy Spirit. And then Paul, knowing that that's too much for us, is gonna, he's, he says that um, in verse 18 of Ephesians 1, that uh, he just prays for the people. He prays for us. And he says that our eyes of our heart may be enlightened in other words, and you know, you're gonna. There's so much glory here. Open our eyes to it, and uh, then in Ephesians two, he talks about our, um, that we were dead and now alive. And in Ephesians two eleven, when he begins to talk about unity, he talks about those who are far away being drawn near. And so, <laughs> Paul uh, begins the whole. And, and in fact, he he talks about. Um, about division in very strong language. Uh, we know he uses words like strangers and foreigners and without peace, a wall of hostility. And if you talk to people who have disunity, that's exactly how we feel. Mm. Um, we don't, we, we feel like we're strangers or foreigners. A, a marriage can feel like you're a stranger or foreigner. There's this wall of hostility. And so Paul, um, our unity is obviously going to be built on the great truths of 
Ephesians 1, 1 to 2, 10, which is this astounding work of the triune God and then being dead and made alive mm. and God preparing ahead of time good works uh, for us to do. And now he tackles unity. So <laughs> unity built on, uh, is, is ultimately held within the gospel. Yeah, it seems to be a, a, a big theme of his in a lot of passages. Like, um, you really can't read. I don't, I don't know if you can read a book that Paul wrote without seeing that, that theme come out um, in some way. Why do, you think, why do you think Paul spent so much time focusing on, on unity throughout his writings? And um, That's a great question. And it's actually what we're going to talk about this Sunday morning. Okay. Because it, it was his calling. He was mm. the apostle to the Gentiles. And uh, I think, and, and I know, you know, it's, it's a bit of a tougher part of the passage, but we talked about the wall of hostility being the Mosaic law. Mm. And, uh, and in the book of Acts that we went through, um, that's in part why he was imprisoned. Um, because part of his message is that the Gentiles didn't need to go under the law. Uh, they were set free from the law. They're under the law of Christ. And uh, Paul ends up in prison for that. Um, so Paul's heart is to see or is to proclaim mm. not just the message, but like union with Christ, but union with one another, that Jew and Gentile uh, come under Christ. There is no separation. There is no difference. Um, they don't go through the law. They come to Christ, um, and in Christ, uh, they've been set free to love one another. So I think you're right. Paul battles hard. <laughs> he battle. He spent a lot of time in the book of Ephesians. There's a lot of real estate talking about unity. And in Ephesians 3, we'll see that that was his commission. He was sent uh, to, to the Gentiles. Fire. Just thinking how practical that would be if they've grown up with that that's been their whole identity as a people that they're separate mm. from the gentiles so this removal of the distinction like paul says they're fellow citizens there's not some that are closer to god and some who aren't they're all members of god's household but in terms of practical terms what does that mean? How does it work in everyday life? You know, your practices, what you did and didn't do, that's all got to be evaluated. Uh, we were just reading uh, Philemon this morning, and you've got Paul coming from that Pharisee of the Pharisee background, uh, Jewish, zealous for all the details of the law. That was his background. Then you've got Philemon, who seems to be a fairly wealthy Gentile, um, big household, owning slaves, different things like that in their Roman culture. Mm. And then you have the escaped slave who in their society was the lowest you could go. There, there was no... So you've got these echelons of society and yet they're all brothers. And mm. Paul talks about treat each other as brothers. How, how do you do that when it gets really, really practical, obviously? You know, what would it be like to have someone that all your life you've looked down on as if, well, he's just a slave. You know, he's, he's not considered his opinion, his value. It's not been part of your outlook at all. And that person might end up being not only beside you as you worship together as brothers and sisters, 
but they may be giving leadership to your church, your gathering. Uh, it's just very, very practical. Of Unity doesn't mean we all think the same. It doesn't mm. mean we're all from the same background or, you know, we're obviously in an election campaign. We don't all share that. That gets practical for us too, you know. Do we think of unity as being uniformity, that we all have to agree on everything? Paul wasn't there. Yeah, and and it's interesting because, again, in uh, Ephesians, it talks about the mysteries of God unfolding and the mysteries essentially being what was hidden in the past is now revealed. Yeah. And first of all, the Jew and Gentile topic in Scripture is a big one to tackle, um, that God can unite Jew and Gentile, and those were part of his purposes, gives us hope yeah. when we have disunity and when we have to work through things. Um, but we also see that the Old Testament prepares us for uh, this un unveiling of God's work, unveiling of God's purposes. So Paul um, is God's chosen instrument, uh, even in his weaknesses, to not just proclaim the incalculable riches of Christ, but also to um, talk about how now Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same bodies, partners in the promise of Christ through the gospel. And so, yes, uh, it would be difficult for Jew and Gentile, but it's not like we were caught off guard by that, that yeah. something new happened in the New Testament. It's like, oh, wh what am I going to do with the Gentiles? Um, you know, all the way back in Genesis 3, the hope for a, um, a seed mm. to come and stomp on the head of a serpent. And then Abraham, even though God will work through, this, um, through, through the people of Israel, uh, there was always the hope. Isaiah speaks of this too, that, that it would go to the nations. Um, <coughs> the Holy Spirit would, would go to the nations. And, and uh, so I think um, sometimes when we talk about unity, uh, we might, we, we try and ground it in how, like you mentioned, how uniform we are. But that's mm -hmm. the beauty of the gospel is it brings us into unity and in our differences, uh, we find our union, first of all, in Christ. Um, and then building off of that, so even, for example, in a troubled marriage, uh, two believers, um, we want to we work through things without, you know, doing what Paul does in Ephesians, which is, first of all, to know that God's a powerful God. Um, and to know that our ultimate goal isn't being unified with one another, but being unified with God. And then knowing that the power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit um, gives us strength uh, to humble ourselves before others and pursue his kingdom. Um, because as we read in Ephesians 2, we become God's temple, a meeting place of God. So my goal, ultimate goal in marriage is not ultimately unity even, it's to glorify God. And then as we glorify God, that brings unity. Yeah. And I think the 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 flow of the passage helps us understand that. We begin with the glorious work of God in Christ Jesus, dead, made alive, and now we're building on that to, to bring about unity. I think, obviously, it's not easy. 
Yeah. And it's going to take work. Like you think of a, a couple that are working through issues where they're not eye to eye. There's not unity. How much time and effort and patience and forgiveness is part of that? And you see that in the whole Philemon thing, what he would have to give up, what he would have to sacrifice, what he would do for somebody else because you love them, because mm-hmm. they're a brother. And you think, well, that that's a continuing challenge. Yeah, and just having grace, like, mm-hmm. for one another. Yeah. And, you know, the meaning of grace, giving what isn't deserved um, to uh, one another. And I just love, like, you had talked about this, you spent some time on this on Sunday, David, but even just the closing um, of of this passage in Ephesians 2, um, in him you're also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit, like the spirit. Yeah. Um, the spirit connects us, but Christ is the chief corner cornerstone, mm-hmm. which, which we all have our foundation on, mm-hmm. and then God's building us up and the spirit connects us. It's like, the inner workings of the entire Trinity and yeah. building unity. Um, it's almost like the unity of the church. Paul is using the Trinity, the unity of the Trinity, and they're working together and their yeah. their ministry together as an example of what the unity of the church should should look like. So when we're thinking about unity in the church today, why do you think this message is so important for us, for us to hear? Yeah, I think I think for two. For two reasons. I think, first of all, and just to build on what you said in Ephesians 2 and the Holy Spirit, it's interesting because at the beginning of that passage in Ephesians 2.11, you have um, us beginning in the flesh. Mm. We're in the flesh in contrast to the Spirit. So it's so important because it's so important to the Holy Spirit. Uh, And it's so important to the Holy Spirit because... The testimony of the church is not just for the communities around us and for this earth, but as we read in Ephesians 3, for the powers of the air mm. that we gather as a testimony in our vast differences, um, ethnic, racial, financial, whatever it is, uh, and we hold together in the, the, the bond of being in Christ. Um, and, and to have the Spirit gives us hope again. Mm. There's so much hope in for unity. Um, I think it becomes so important as well, secondly, because our culture magnifies differences mm-hmm. and then shuts the other person down. Yeah. Um, and the church is not always that far behind in, in that kind of mm. uh, conversation. And... Yes, there, there's differences, and sometimes there's significant differences uh, within a church. But <laughs> to be able to, to build on Christ um, and then on Christ by the Spirit under the fatherhood of God, uh, be able to have some of those difficult conversations. On, on Wednesday night, we have uh, theology in Ephesians because we can't <laughs> get to all of the theology on Sunday mornings, and we can't get to all of the theology even on a Wednesday evening, but... Um, we've had some interesting conversations about election, and not everybody's agreed, and I'm thankful uh, because that helps us um, pursue unity even even in our differences yeah. and, and still love and still care for one another, which will then <coughs> ultimately lead to Ephesians 4 through 6, which teaches us how to practically live towards unity. 
So it talks about our character. It talks about how to have good conversations, what to do when you're angry. Um, so he's building the foundation, and then on that foundation, uh, we learn how to pursue unity in Ephesians 4 through 6. Byron, would you add anything? Why do you think this is important for the, for the church today? I think I'd just echo what David says. It's so easier to mm -hmm. ostracize somebody. It's to say, well, if you think different than me, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Where is the choice to listen and to evaluate? Obviously, some things we do need to agree on biblically. Mm -hmm. Other things we have freedom to disagree. And yet, our love, our involvement, our commitment to each other can't be contingent on that. Yeah, and even mm -hmm. even just to, you know, th that that we go towards one another in love. Mm -hmm. So it's not just agreeing on the same things, but it's serving one another. Um, it's humbling ourselves before one another, and the the gospel is just so counter. Um, you know, often the places where we want to go. So we still have the flesh in us. We still, you know, the desires of the flesh. And sometimes they they really almost seem like they take over and, you know, anger or whatever else people were struggling with. Um, and, and so unity, we can talk a lot about unity, but sometimes <laughs> the beginning of unity is just serving someone else, just being involved in someone's life where you may not agree, um, but just uh, loving them in the name of Christ and, and knowing that I have lots of areas to grow in. I'm still learning so much. Like these are the unsearchable riches of Christ. So we, you know, we get a drop in a sense of the astounding person of Christ and the Godhead. Um, so, so to be able to practically pursue loving one another. How would you, what would you say, maybe we can close with this, but what would you say to the person who's, um, who's struggling um, maybe with, with unity with, with another believer? Um, w what would be your, your counsel to them or your encouragement to them? Uh, they're just finding it really hard to get along with people that don't hold their same viewpoints. You know, it's funny what leaps to mind is an ancient thing from when I was a kid. Um, the idea, <laughs> you, it <laughs> seems that way. It's a long time. Um, is the Bible not ancient are, enough? Are you praying <laughs> for them? Mm. You know, um, wow. one of those things was it's hard to fight with somebody that you were praying for. That sounds simplistic. Um, and I'm not saying that praying for someone solves everything, but if you're praying for them, you're your care and interest in them as an individual is strengthened and mm. that sets you on a better footing for dealing with differences. And actually like praying for them, not like, uh, you know, praying that... Take them out, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they fall into a puddle. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, I would say there's going to be disunity. Yeah. There just is at times going to be disunity. Mm. Um, not all marriages work out. Not all families stay together, mm -hmm. and, you know, not all churches hold together well. Um, and to recognize that, so not to, 
Be, because if we just yeah. say, well, everybody pursue unity, yeah. it, it yeah. belittles the struggle that that is or some of the things that have happened to people that have caused, like have you been abused in the past, you know, whether by the church or family or someone, like to say, well, you need to be unified. That's like, that's not yeah. what we're talking about. Um, there is, uh, you know, Paul struggled with, with unity or he saw the struggle of unity within mm. the church. So I think, first of all, to to talk well about disunity um, because then it deepens the, the, the task of unity. And then I think, you know, again, a, a book like Ephesians has so much wisdom. Um, it starts with Christ and it starts with our heart. Uh, and, you know, no matter the circumstances, we're just praying, Lord, like, let me, let me ground myself in the reconciliation I have with Christ. I was dead and he's made me alive. And then my heart, uh, it quickly wanders and it's a lot about my kingdom. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, that's a, that's an easy solution either because there's all sorts of nuances of that. But, um, for, for someone who's struggling and, and really desires unity, um, the Bible just brings us to different places. The majesty of the spiritual blessings that are found um, in Christ and then uh, being able to uh, say, Lord, work at my heart. And even if there's continued disunity, that anger doesn't eat me up or, you know, just that mild irritation whenever I see that person doesn't, mm. you know, drive me to sinful places. Um, but I'm, I'm seeking unity. Very good. Well, thank you. Thanks, gentlemen, for the conversation today. I think it's so important. And, and like you had said earlier, David, um, as we get into chapter three and chapter four, more of this stuff just mm-hmm. just comes out yeah. and even very practical ways, like as, as you were mentioning. Yeah. So good. good. Thanks.